A man who I would presume is rooting for the Marquette squad of Steve Novak, Travis Diener, and Jake Thomas. It is Homer. Hi, Homer. Uh, good afternoon. You were asking a sound of sports. You know, the worst sound will be if Wisconsin wins listening to Ben Brutt. He will not be he will not be bearable. No, he will not be. Now, Homer, in addition to asking for sports sounds off the top of the show, we also asked a very basic question of, will Ben Brust have something to complain about? Even if he wins, my answer is undoubtedly yes. My question for you, the follow-up, is what do you think it'll be? Is it the wind? Is it the rim? Is it being outside? What do you think Benny's going to be complaining about regardless of result? Oh, it'll definitely be the wind. There's no question about that. The early line from Tony when he was watching was, couple players were a foot short of the rim because of the wind so um my favorite sound in uh, in sports was because i got a chance to do it when and i've always said this to people when we we get to hit go to batting practice for the brewers games and you'd be and you just can't believe the sound of some of the players hitting the ball like i, I think it was yeah. don baylor when i first saw kirby puckett you think well they're just all players they hit the ball no some guys hit the ball so hard that it makes a different sound. It's incredible. You know, Homer, you really brought up a good point and a great memory because when Prince Fielder used to take batting practice, everyone knew it. You didn't even have yeah. to look at the plate. You didn't even have to you like you be hear around. It. it was just you could just hear it. It was just a different sound. Yeah, no, and you wouldn't know how can they do that because the other players are great too. Um, exactly. I remember first with Kirby Puckett because he was like he was a rookie. I didn't know who he was first. He was like about two feet tall, and it wasn't like he was hitting home runs. He was just hitting these line drives, and it just sounded different. Um, so yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me with Prince Fielder at all. And you never know who it's going to be. I mean, it's not uh, like I said. The, the first person of that was Don Baylor, who this. Like, he put topspin on every ball, and it, it was like he was hitting it 20 miles an hour faster than anybody else. It's even underscored, Homer, when you're in, a, in an empty ballpark for batting practice, and it clangs into an empty bleacher, or a scene just echoes all over American Family yeah. Field. It's just, it seems louder than it should be for sure. Homer's with us here on Scalzo and Brust across ESPN Wisconsin. So, Homer, the Marquette squad, Steve Novak, Travis Diener, Jake Thomas, what memory comes to mind immediately for any three of those guys? Because you've obviously watched them as close as anybody over the course of all three of their times at Marquette. Diener, I mean, Diener's biggest shot ever was the one he hit in the basketball tournament for a million bucks. There's, there's no way you can ever pick a shot in college that was as big as that one. Novak, I remember always when he was at the free throw line, I never saw him miss a free throw where it didn't just, like, pop out. Like, you literally thought every free throw, every one he ever shot was going to go in. And even every shot, it, it would the only way he would ever miss was if he was a little short or a little long. Jake Thomas had a huge game when Marquette beat Syracuse the year they ended up losing yep. to him in the Elite Eight. He had a three-point shot he made. He was fouled. He made a four-point play. Um, so that would be it for those players. I, I lost a shoe, Homer, in the student section when Jake Thomas hit that three. I was a student at Marquette. Yep. The, the student section was going so crazy, my shoe ended up four rows in front of me. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and, and you thought and they over, had a chance, and they just they, they just yeah. called the game entirely differently in the tournament, and it took yeah. away any chance that Marquette had to win. My, my well, best you, one about Diener is my best one about Diener. I call it, it was my best nickname ever, the teenage assassin. As a freshman, yeah. a teenage assassin. And so it's like, uh, I don't know, April, and somebody calls up and says, Homer, you can't call him the teenage assassin. Like, what do you mean? He goes, he's not a teenager. Like, what are you, crazy? He turned 20 in, like, April of his freshman year, and I made the mistake of uh, not calling him that anymore. But, like, <laughs> yes, he was he was 20. I think, I think he was older as a freshman than Marcus Howard was as a senior. <laughs> well, you Homer, you're talking that. about all the great, all the great shooting from the Marquette guys. But I'm watching them shoot right now, and they've been a foot short Uh-oh. every single shot. So they've been shooting for like an hour, though. Tell you the legs might be gone. The I legs think. might be gone, but it also shows the guys that grew up playing indoors versus the guys playing on the blacktop. And you being around Marquette basketball as long as you have. How have you seen that evolution? I mean, because I'm sure when you first started, as I recall, it was Tony Smith's senior year. And just to see the guys, the incoming guys and the different shooters and the different athletes, how have they changed over the years for you? I mean, the biggest change is I didn't know. I didn't know which when guys stopped playing outside growing up, you know. We used to always say that, you, you know, you just uh, they just get a, find a chain net and put it up, and I don't know how many of them have played with chain nets, but the biggest thing that changed was the shooting. All of a sudden now, uh, I mean, maybe it was Steph Curry or whatever, where you just didn't have many guys shooting threes, and then everybody shoots them, and I'm sure there are a ton of players in those early years that go back and go, man, I wish they'd have let me shoot that you know threes like that, because the game is just entirely different from the number of, I mean, everybody shoots threes. There's yeah. no, you don't say, well, he can't shoot threes. No, it doesn't matter. You could be eight feet tall, and and everybody now practices and expects and has to be considered as a possible three-point shooter. You know what's interesting, Homer, though? And Homer's with us here. Scalzo and Bruss, Brian D. and Telly Hughes in for the guys. Benny will be joining at some point between four and six. He's competing here at Summerfest in the Alumni Charity Shootout. It's interesting, Homer, when you're right, 95% of basketball has adapted, right, into you have to shoot threes and everybody has to, but you still have Wisconsin and Virginia and some of these old-school collegiate programs that want to play efficiently and don't shoot the three-pointer particularly well. Uh, and It stems from that, that Tony Bennett tree in our state. Do you think it'll change for those programs in the future? i got to believe it has to. Yeah, and I haven't looked to see the numbers that they shoot. It's more a question of the defense. And now everybody's trying to figure out how to defend the three. When I was doing it, when a big guy would set a screen, a high screen, after he would screen, he would roll to the basket. Now as many of them, after they set the screen, more than most of them, pop out to shoot a jump shot or a three. Fast breaks, you have a layup, you pass on the layup because the guy's in the corner are sitting trying to shoot a three. So I think I think they're already shooting more. It's just a question of the 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 pace of play and I mean nobody I, I don't think anybody, not even Wisconsin plays like Virginia. And the year Virginia made shots, they won the title. So um, there there are they're very and even like I'd have to go back and look and even at the pace that Wisconsin is I I'm certain they shoot way more threes than they used to. 
Even yeah, the way, even yeah, with the sure. style play. Yep, no doubt about it. Homer, appreciate the time. We will keep you posted on how Benny does down the stretch here. Have a great weekend. You bet. Thanks. Happy to be part of it. Bye. There you go. That is the home slice. Catch him on Homer and Tony on 94.5 ESPN every single weekday from 2 until 4. We're asking for your favorite sounds in sports in honor of the alumni shootout that Ben Brust is taking part in right now at Summerfest. Uh, what's your favorite sound in sports? Telly, what do you got? And, Brian, it looks like it's UWM versus the Badgers. I don't know if this is the finals. I'm kind of coming in on the oh. end of it, but... We're about to see what uh, Benny Bruss does against uh, UWM Panthers and, okay. and, and alumni. Well, we will have an update on that, and we will play 1 or 0 on the other side. This is Scalzo and Brust across ESPN Wisconsin, live from Summerfest, Gruber Law Offices, Sports Zone.